This is the DLR Cast, the essential podcast for fans of Diamond David Lee Roth. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, heard you missed us. We're back. It's the DLR Cast, the only podcast by and for fans of Diamond David Lee Roth. As always, I'm Steve, joined here with my partner in crime, all of all things Dave, dangerous Darren Paltrowitz. Darren, what's happening? Well, uh, we had it happen again. We put out the episode, and then Dave <laughs> puts out stuff, and you go, well, that could have been more helpful if you did it one day earlier, Dave, wouldn't it? Absolutely. We're going to chat about that. There's a couple other pieces of news, and then we got a new feature we're going to premiere right here on the DLR cast. So, yeah, keep um, those expectations low, but yes. if you knock it out of the park, we want a lot of compliments. It's it's a low bar, so we're, we're going to try to exceed it. So I guess first off, uh, as you said, the latest episode of The Roth Show dropped, and I think I said this last time, but I primarily listen, primarily listen to The Roth Show for the background music, especially this one, because I am not really sure what that story was about a rapper, <laughs> I think was all about some some I, fly-by-night rap artist, uh, superstar. I, I Go ahead. I don't know. I, th- I, I think I know what he's talking about, because... When I interviewed Dave, and we didn't talk about this off air. This is this is live firing. So you stop me when it gets boring. But when I interviewed Dave in 02, he was going on all sorts of rants about how you got to do everything yourself or you're going to wind up broke. And so that's why he does a bit of everything and you learn all that kind of stuff. Now, this story was supposed to be your stereotypical story about a rapper who basically plays the dirty music business game and he's trying to elevate it to be an influencer and an entrepreneur and it lasts less than a year. And I mean, we've heard so many interviews with Dave over the years where he, you might know the quote better than me. Isn't it like here today, gone later today? Here, to, Yeah, I know. Yeah. Here today, gone later today. And then there was something about uh, rich is definitely better. I've been poor. I've been broke, but rich, you know what I'm rich talking about. Yeah. Definitely better. <laughs> yeah. uh, he he likes to, to talk about other people's short careers a lot. He never names the names. Actually, I shouldn't say that. He names names all the time because in the 80s, he was sliding artists all the time. I remember watching that um, 2006 press conference or sorry, 2007, when he announced that Van Halen was back and he said, like, this isn't the police. And then you go back to your like 1996 or 1997 announcements like it's this isn't the Rolling Stones. So it's like Dave throws mud. Sometimes it's anonymous. Sometimes it's not anonymous. And this is this is a hey, I'm still here, baby kind of thing. That's how I take it. Yeah. Some of it was actually kind of funny. You know, I mean, a rap star, a rap star with a catalog consisting of one song. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was actually kind of a creative little short story. I just, I don't know. That was it for the podcast. That was the episode. No context. Just, I don't. It's such nonsense because, like, if you're talking about, if he's trying to talk about Lil Nas X, for example, who when he, who Dave introduced at the VMAs, do you remember that? That was like his three, two or three public appearances ago when he announced Lil Nas. Yes, in New York. And when Lil Nas X came out. You could argue he just had one song, but that's not the only thing he'd ever recorded. Right. The last one song rapper I can think of is him, but now he's huge in the mainstream and the LGBTVIAQ plus. I think I have all the initials. I, I think so. You know, he blew up with one song, but that's what that's what started for him. Yeah. The guy's now got a burgeoning career and lots of other music. Career. He didn't just have one song and disappear. I'm trying to think of a rapper that no, has Soldier one... Boy. You could say Soldier Boy, but oh, if yeah. you're talking about Soldier Boy, that's 15 years ago. <laughs> yeah. So it's one of those things where Dave likes to talk about, oh, I listen to Rock the Bells radio and Outlaw Country and EDM, and I know all the stuff that's going on. But that story really does not apply to any rappers that I could think of or anyone that he would have spent time with. Was it commentary on a 15-year-old commentary on kind of just Soldier Boy? Soldier Boy or that sort of if you were gonna if it was gonna be recorded now, 
you would make it a about a flash in the pan, one song, huge viral TikTok star, never had, you know, had all this attention thrown upon him or her and then never to be heard from again because who was, uh, who was the teen girl who had a huge song? Her mom managed her. Are you talking about Cash Me Outside? How about that? That girl? No. I, oh, boy. We're now talking five or six years ago. Um, was it a mall? Something about a mall? I can't. Man, this is killing me. And not Are you to talking make about it, Rebecca Black Friday? Yes. Didn't her mom manager? And it was the it was the biggest thing for about a year. And then what and and then to paraphrase Spinal Tap, residing in the where are they now category. I actually gotta take uh gotta take it to the mat on that one. Oh good, please tell me. Because she reinvented herself as an advocate social media justice artist. And I a few times have reached out saying, Yes, thank you for the press release. I'd like to interview Rebecca Black ghosted well i'm so, impressed that she's continuing yeah in some sort of path but Ever. you know I, there's always been lots of one hit basically one hit wonders right yeah but i think it's an outdated story for the most part because if you're going to talk about a young person making it and getting famous overnight it's generally not for music it's from being an influencer or a tiktok person right. that's exactly that's, yeah, that's why we're seeing somebody like Amber Rose, who was a stripper, then Kanye West's girlfriend, then an actress, reality star host. Then she she decides, okay, I'm going to do singles. I'm going to do some some music, and that's how I got to interview her because I'm a I'm a huge deal. Let's face it, um, <laughs> I'm your Eddie Trunk of influencers. Um, <laughs> but I think it's it's such a outdated story for somebody who's always looking to look at somebody's always going, I have my finger on the pulse because I listen to all kinds of music and I don't dwell on the past. It's such an outdated story to make it look like a rapper is pursuing a whole career off of a single. When at this point we know that every rapper is using that single to basically get the tequila or vodka line, the fashion line, their group or producer then has their posse album that they get, right. which comes after the label imprint. There's going to be a memoir. Oh, we've seen all that movie before. We've seen that movie in the 90s, for goodness sakes. That's right. Yeah. Come on. So I I think that Dave confused a lot of people with that. But on the positive side, cool music we never heard before. Right. But I was going to say two quick things on that, and then we'll move on, unless you got some more on it. But I, I'm always reminded. Me. What's that? I think you just called me a moron. <laughs> no, we'll move on. <laughs> Here, go ahead. Steve. No, no, Sorry. No. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, the music, again, the music was super cool in the background, making me wonder about all sorts of couple questions. Always yeah. minded that. And then I'm reminded again, too, that Dave should be doing voiceovers. Come on, get an agent. Get in. I mean, he should have been doing it for 20 years now. Well, he did do it. Have you ever seen his Nintendo voiceover ads from the early yes. 60s? Yes. If that doesn't show he can do voiceovers, I don't know what would. That that should be his demo reel unto itself, playing the brain in a Nintendo Game Boy commercial. Oh, good. I mean, listen, D. Snyder made bank off of his voice doing yeah. voiceover work, and I never could understand. Well, I mean, I, probably because he just never cared or was interested interested in doing it. But you want to make some easy, you want to make some mailbox money that uh, for cash it's checks that you'll never get around to cashing. That would be a good way for him to do it. Absolutely, and a lot of his classic rock peers. John Bush from Anthrax for a while was doing the Burger King commercials. Was he really? Yeah. Uh, I love I, playing that game, watching TV or here or here on the radio. Can can you name that voiceover? Yeah, John Cena, the WWE legend. He's got a bunch of them. Will Arnett is the king of them. So it's oh, not Will Arnett, Alex Ball, Alec Baldwin. Yeah. Yeah, not a shameful thing at all to be no. doing that. And one of our listeners today basically wrote in and went, hey, you hear the new Alice Cooper single? Man, this is what Dave should be doing. I don't know if you heard that single. I did. I got. I saw the press release and watched on you. I mean, it sounds, you're not, if you're an, I'm a big Alice fan and I, I get every album. You know me, I like hearing what the oldsters are doing, new music wise <laughs> and <laughs> the veteran acts. And I, I love Alice's output the last 10, 12 years. And this song is not a disappointment. It's a very cool tune. And this is not the only song. I believe the song is called I'm Alice. And it's a yeah. 
Yeah, I'm Alice Cooper. A couple of years ago, Ringo had one of those. Of course, Eminem had Hi, My Name Is. The Beastie Boys had Beastie Boys. Right. A lot of groups have that kind of thing. I Has Dave ever done an I'm Diamond Dave or I'm Dave kind of song? In the first person like that? No. I, 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 I mean, first person, I mean, you know, in that sort of out front where I'm introducing myself. Is that yeah. third person? You know what I mean. Where I mean, he, yeah. You you could say obviously just a gigolo is about him. <laughs> What's that? Yeah, yeah. But I don't think so. I mean, lyrically, I mean, yeah. Maybe, yeah. Hmm. So he could do one of these intro songs, and it could be all about how he's the. He could use all of his nothing but yes, and you know. Sammy brings Sammy brings the parade and I'm the rain or whatever it is, or yeah. he likes to party and I am the party. He could put all the Davisms right there. And I think we as a fan base would go, ha ha ha, Dave. But a new generation of people might go, oh, that's cool. That's what he, this guy's about. He could recycle a whole bunch of lyrics, which reminds me, yeah. he recycled a bunch of lyrics from Honey Baby Sweetie Doll from A Different Kind of Truth Yes, on top of one of the music beds in the last podcast episode. <laughs> yes, he did. And then Honey Baby Sweetie Doll itself was recycled because isn't that the song that it's an early version of it is in No Holds Barbecue uh, while he's doing his sword demonstration in the middle of Seattle, an empty Seattle street. I'm pretty sure that was the earliest incarnation of Honey Baby Sweetie Doll. Lyrically. Musically. Musically. I don't remember that. I'm going to go back and go back and watch that. I think it's an Asian Dub Foundation cover that he then retooled. We've talked about the funny Dave quote unquote co-writes before. Right, right. Podcast. But uh, what I'm getting at is there's other things throughout his career, like take Crazy from the Heat. Well, that was the EP. That was the name of the memoir. That's a lyric in Going Crazy. Wait, wait, is that the lyric in Cozy? Yeah, Going Crazy. It was going to be the name of the movie. When he picks a name or a thing, He's going to do it a lot of times. Right. What was that? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. What was that happened a lot. Um, 1-800-SEE-A-BABY. Only once on that that's in, but that should be in more stuff, I think. Right. Absolutely. So. Yeah. So I way took you off course here. but No, I was going to jump in. I was I was going to jump into the other uh, cool thing that happened this week is that and that is we got a very cool video of a Dave cover song from uh, the Mojo Dojo Network. And yeah. that's um, um, well, I guess it's new to us or new to me, but. Um, as heard in a previous podcast episode, a song called Let's Take a Ride with a cool uh, cool Ramsey's video. And it's kind of a cover of the Shalimar song, uh, A Night to Remember, from, I guess, the early 80s. And yeah. like I said, it was previously in a Roth show episode. It's got a cool vibe. Uh, instantly, I'm like, who recorded this? When was this done? Uh, this is a, yet another cool cover for what could be a the diamond dave part two covers album for goodness sakes there's enough there's easily 10 songs that you could find that would make eight would make great covers hell ramses probably has about seven or eight of them ready to go and queued up so i bothered ramses uh when i saw it posted you know to go hey great job you know that kind of a thing but what do you know about this you know did dave give it to you that kind of thing the answer is no on that end but he's just puzzled as we are but what he told me was this particular recording was in a Roth show back in the video days of it in the background, which he and maybe a few other people grabbed. And then Dave deleted that episode, reposted it without that in there. So this is something that he had on file for a while, but uh, he didn't put it out out of respect for Dave. And apparently he did some audio touching up to make it even better than the version that we have. Yeah, there's some great quotes, a little interview at the Van Halen news desk. Check that out. And yeah, he did. Uh, I guess he has Dave's blessing to do this stuff. I'd love to know more of the backstory there. I mean, I know that's a, one we're probably not going to get, but I got to tell you, it's the, the stuff he I does. Getting him in trouble by saying this, they they like him over there. Yeah, for, for, he's on the short list of approved people pushing the Dave legacy ahead. Yours truly, for some reason, is not on the approved list. <laughs> Maybe because they heard this podcast. <laughs> hey, before all this, they were ignoring me. 
even Once before again. our podcast launch, it, you never know how you get onto Dave's good side or bad side. That's what I'm getting at. And fortunately, Ramses, who's always doing excellent work, is on Dave's great side. And hopefully he stays there and they don't hear this and go, oh, he's cool with Darren and Steve. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> We're out. <laughs> yeah, well, suddenly, I, suddenly I, you can't find those videos. No, please, God, no, 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 no. I've, I just I compare notes nonstop for better and for worse with our listeners, with other peers in this Van Halen community. And sometimes the only you, you're never going to get the the absolute answer on things. But if you ask four or five people and you get all their take, the answer is somewhere in the midst of all that. So he he knows a lot of stuff we don't know. We know some stuff he doesn't know. Everyone just has to compare notes. That's what keeps us going here. Is yeah. Things is things like that. Is we're now what episode eighty six. Three years into this, I think it's three years in July. Start uh, off as one of those COVID podcasts that just didn't stop. Right. We keep it's it's ultimately hopefully about the music. And to that end, here's my segue. Yeah. And that cool little game show music you're hearing right now. <laughs> we are debuting a new feature here. Hang in there with us, folks. This is the Diamond Dave Songorama. Songorama, where we randomly choose a song from Dave's solo catalog and we'll riff on it for a little bit. And now in a perfect world, we play the song here. But if you're listening to this podcast, you know the song. That said, put the CD or album on or click on the link in the show notes and start playing tonight's song, which is Ladies Night in Buffalo. Or for those of you who are fans of Son- Sonrisa Sabae, <laughs> Noche de Ronda and La Ciudad. Yeah. I'll start here and we won't use the words deep dive because I don't have that kind of attention span. But I got to tell you, this may be... One of the top two songs, maybe the song I play, I played the most through the years, on, off "Eat 'Em and Smile." Mm. I love the groove of this song. It was it, it was a bit of a curveball when I first heard it, low these many years ago from 1986. Yeah. It's just got this cool, laid back, driving sort of feel to it, and the lyrics are great too. It's just it's different than anything on the album, in my humble opinion. I'm in agreement with everything that you're saying right there, except the uh, when it comes to which song that I'm going to select on the jukebox. If they do have Son Rusa Salvaje, <laughs> I'm going to go Yankee Rose because it's when, when I was in Juarez, Mexico, a couple of weeks ago, I saw a digital jukebox and I was so excited. <laughs> I was going to Son Rusa Salvaje on it, but I couldn't get it to work. I oh, thought no. it was going to be the greatest thing to share to the DLR cast nation, if that's what we call our fan base, that I went to Juarez and I played it on the jukebox at the world famous Kentucky bar, but couldn't get it working. It would have been great if you pulled a John Mulaney and said, I played Yankee Rose seven (laughs) consecutive times (laughs) until someone yelled, God damn it. (laughs) I've done something comparable with Christine 16 by kiss. (laughs) And, uh, you play it, and then the next song starts, and then you do the extra credit thing, so it becomes the priority. So if someone didn't have it in the queue, it starts again 20 seconds later. And usually the people that you're with, I'm like, oh, I think we just heard the song. Maybe it's a glitch. And then the song wraps, and then it plays again. They go, oh, God, what are you doing, Darren? Stop it. That's, that's what I, I like to do. So that's the yeah. John Mulaney bit playing "What's New Pussycat" in a Chicago diner till the, the guy behind you absolutely loses his mind. The so second I, time they think maybe it's a mistake. The third time, <laughs> "Ladies Night in Buffalo." I've never done that with, but it is a very very cool song. I would say the average person who's not a Van Halen or Dave diehard not only doesn't know it, but I don't think they'd hear it. And necessarily go, oh, that's a Dave song. Right. And next to That's Life, it is the most laid back groove on the album. It's the oh, closest, it's the closest thing to a to a Steve, ballad. Can I interrupt, please? Of course. I was thinking of you last night because you just said that's life. So last night I decided to go see a Jones Beach Amphitheater because my wife and some of our friends wanted to go. TLC, Shaggy, and Vogue. And <laughs> And uh, Sean Kingston. It was as an amazing of a concert as you imagine it was. And I'm just imagining how amazing you think it was. Okay, I, I spent a lot of time with Shaggy when that record blew up uh, with uh, It Wasn't Me on it. Yes. Took him to a lot of different places, did some in-stores with him. He is one of the nicest, 
coolest guys from Valley Stream, Long Island, I think. Yes, he is. And no, 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 you no. cannot. He's from Jamaica. Right. Exactly. Don't blow his cover. He's from right. Jamaica. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, I spent a lot of time with him and can tell you that accent can be turned on and off pretty quickly. <laughs> yes, and last night he covered That's Life from his forthcoming album being produced by Sting. Wow. So, well, they did a thing together a couple of years ago. He yeah. deserves every bit of success because he, like I said, he's one of the nicest guys you'd ever want to meet. Super cool, super talented. And it was always pretty, you know, he was, he was always, he, he's a smart guy as far as keeping what he earns and, and doing the right things. Absolutely. But just imagine what's going through my head, you know, four or five <laughs> drinks in a night, having to, to drink through a concert where you're like, TLC is not singing live and their backing band is just screwing around. You could tell they're, they're doing all the gospel drumming fills, like just right. to keep themselves amused. Well, anyway, you're just four or five drinks into the night and then Shaggy starts singing. That's life. <laughs> That's really surreal of all the songs that he could be covering Shaggy doing that's life. Which reminds me and Someday, perhaps, no big ting will come up on the new <laughs> David Lee Roth song, Orama. But certainly, yeah. how that song would have been a, a lot better. No knock on the guy that's on there. But 90, 94, was that post that big hit that Shaggy had? Didn't he have that big one, the first one, 91, that's 92 it. or something? Yeah. That no, would have been a great... Before. Yeah, that would have been a great tie-in. I, I agree. And Shaggy, Shaggy and Dave, come on. I'm sure Dave loves Shaggy because he he is very quick to name that he loves reggae as one of his genres. He always tells the Bob Marley story about saying, you know, and one day I want to smoke joints that big. You know, that's the punchline of that story he always tells. I think he's used that same story on this podcast, even. Right. The Roth Show. Because <laughs> it's in his memoir. I've heard him all the time. He uses the Bob Marley thing. But anyway, we're talking about Ladies Night in Buffalo. Ladies Night in Buffalo. So I've, a couple things. I wonder if Buffalo was the original look. Why and how Buffalo? It could have been Ladies Night uh, in Milwaukee. I mean, she, or just be, just because it. Billy Sheehan's from Buffalo. Of course. Yeah. Jesus. Now I'm hitting myself. <laughs> He's from Buffalo. The the number of rock stars from Buffalo is Goo astounding. Goo Goo Dolls. Goo Goo Dolls. Yeah. Um, why am I blanking right of now? Of course, that must have been maybe a little homage to to uh, to Billy. Makes sense. Harvey Weinstein <laughs> came from Buffalo. His concert promotion business with, I think, Brad Gray started out there. And Rick James was a Buffalo guy. And yeah. in his early days, he and Neil Young had that band when Rick uh, James skipped town and to, to avoid the draft. The band was called the Minor Birds. Right. I don't know right. If they played in Buffalo, but uh Boys Like Girls, that huge emo pop punk group, Buffalo. Uh Don't every think. time I die, huge m hardcore metal kind of band that just broke up. Lots of Buffalo. Snapcase I think is from there. I'm when trying to remember when you're socked in with 175 inches of snow, <laughs> you're gonna be woodshed and literally getting good at your instrument. Yeah, so Buffalo has a music scene, although the weirdest part, when I went to Niagara Falls on a press trip four years ago, the Buffalo Music Hall of Fame is in the back of the Hard Rock Cafe at Niagara Falls. No kidding. I, don't know. I have no idea. It's a room, a dining room in the back of the Hard Rock Cafe that's the Hall of Fame for Buffalo. And it has a Sheehan bass, I believe. Wow. Okay, well, I'm just sitting here 36 years late. 36 years later, even back then, knowing Billy Sheehan was from Buffalo, going, <laughs> I never put this together. I mean, I just thought it's 2 a.m. and traffic slow. It's not the ladies' night in Buffalo. I mean, I, I envision the gritty, the gritty, foggy uh, uh, streets of Buffalo at 2 a.m. Go figure. Yeah, Buff Buffalo. Isn't that one of those cities that people go? Oh, it was like the Paris of the 1960s. They say that about Detroit, and I'm not kidding. Wasn't one of those things where the industry was booming, so there was art museums and there was recording studios and all that, and then those companies left, and then it was decimated? Probably. I mean, like a lot of those cities up there, you know, Rochester had Kodak and yeah. uh, 
like a lot of places, upper Midwest jobs and factories went away and made for a slew of Bruce Springsteen lyrics. So <laughs> exactly. So that that's my only guess in terms of why Buffalo. I mean, Billy Joel's song Allentown supposedly was originally Levittown, but he didn't like how that sounded. Lyrics. Right. They're shutting all the factories down in Levittown. Exactly. Mattress they, factory for starters. <laughs> <laughs> Tri-county flea market. <laughs> Tri-county flea market. <laughs> They're shutting down the dairy barn. <laughs> I think it's Levittown uh, has a world-class comedy club in it called Governors. I have been there. I have a little, <laughs> very quick aside, I'm, I'm going to tell you off mic. I went there on my... Uh, first and only bachelor party and i had a cousin at the time who was worked there as kind of a bouncer and he was with me and that was the first stop and who's the guy from oh man long island guy had a thicker accent than dice did a bunch of movies pretty much made his nut in vegas after leaving new york thin face italian thickest new york accent stand-up comedian it's gonna bug the crap out of me now long island yeah he was a governor's mainstay and not bob nelson no 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 no. bobby slayton oh so you saw slayton at your bachelor party well he was there and my cousin says hi to him he's standing out front sitting smoking a cigarette yeah. and he said my cousin this is my cousin uh, getting he's getting married and Bobby Bobby Slate looks at me and goes, hey, congratulations. I'm going to fucking bury you tonight. <laughs> now, the good news was there was another group of morons up in the front seat and front front row, and those guys were dumb enough to, to put a chain onto a bowling ball, the okay. dumbest thing ever. The geekiest thing ever, and Slayton ripped into them for about twenty-five minutes, and I got I got away. I I, I was fine. <laughs> this is back in this is back in nineteen, Jesus, ninety-two. Okay, so early 2000s, two different shows he ripped into me unsolicited. Uh, he, one of them, he knew that I was there as a writer. He's like, and my friend Darren over there in the corner. But, <laughs> <That's it. laughs> but uh, tying this in with David Lee Roth, yes, I was interviewing Slayton like a year ago because he contributed to this book. I think it was called The Book of Jewish Comedians. And it was this niche photo book that was kind of, one of those books you read through and you go, oh, they're Jewish too. And them too. And them too. And them too. It, it's a cool book that came out. But Slayton, I said, hey, can I interview you? And he kind of goes in and out of character. Like he's a really nice, sweet guy. Yeah. As long as he knows that there isn't a camera or a microphone. Then he goes into business for himself. So as part of my interview, I go, hey, did you ever meet David Lee Roth? He's like, what? Did you ever meet <laughs> David Lee Roth? What's with you with David Lee Roth? <laughs> And he went like that. And so I think I had a question from the next day and I went, hey, here's the article, blah, 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 blah. And then I get a phone call from a restricted number and he calls me from his car or his car phone. He's like, I don't get it. What's with you and David Lee Roth? <laughs> uh, I think he's one of the greatest comedians of all time. He's I, in my top five ever. I absolutely I absolutely love him. I, he, I always liked him. There was a couple of guys that worked out of Governors there that, that I saw at Governors years ago. Uh, Bobby Collins. A couple of these oh, guys yeah. loved Collins. Um, yeah, I'm a huge stand-up fan. And, um, yeah, that's, that's something that reminds me that, again, Dave, if he had the discipline, would make a really good interviewer. And... There's yes. a lot of there's as we know, there's a lot of similarities to stand up comedians and especially coming up the hard scrabble rock and roll world. And yes. Dave's super creative. The best cre best comedians are super creative. They're both extremely observational. You know, they're always paying attention to what's going on around, around them. Even if you're living in a mansion in pa Pasadena, you might not no, be no, talking about it all the time. Inner city. In the inner city, yes. But That's you know great. what I mean? Observational <laughs> from a kind of a recording, a mental recording sort of thing, you know? Yeah. So it's like when there was that whole art piece, right? That that one of the graphic comics about the bicycle. and Do you remember last year, the year before, whatever it was, the, when Dave was doing the cartoons every other week that just 
mysteriously stopped. One of them was a whole story about a bike being stolen, or whatever. I mean, that's like a lot of observational cataloging. There's a lot of detail. That stuff. That's yes. what comedians do. You know what I mean? And also comedians, as the expression goes, never let the truth get in the way of a good story. Yeah, but that's Dave. The fifth time you've told that story, you know, the, you lose a lot more of that. And then I said, and then she said, and you lose that kind of stuff. And then one person is definitively always funny and the other person's always stupid in every single anecdote that you hear in a stand-up story. So I think that Dave has perfected all that. He's told so many of these stories so many times they could be bits. So I think he could be a comic or do a one-man show. I think he could host as long as somebody was able to edit or cut for time particular segments out of the thing. A good co-host. I mean, it. this, yeah. wouldn't, this could not be his radio show part two. You know what I mean? Did, did you ever hear about uh, the podcast or radio guy, Steven Crowder, and what happened to him a couple of weeks ago? Yes. I've refreshed my memory, though. He's a real right-wing guy, right? He is a real right-wing guy. And the only reason I know this stuff is because a lot of comics I like will go on his stuff for comparable shows because they know it's going to reach X number of right, viewers right. or listeners. So somebody like Jim Brewer, who – Personal stuff aside, great storyteller, great impression. Great storyteller, yeah. And he's not going to be a sit-down guest on Seth Meyers, probably. Right. He's going to go on the weird, the weirdo shows, for lack of a better term. So <laughs> Crowder had this co-host uh, named Dave, this comic for a long time, that is hilarious. And he basically decided not to re-up his contract and quit the show. And Dave, after after he left, decided, ah, I'm going to tell what it's really like working on that show. And apparently Crowder had this light up sign that was a you stop talking. I'm the only one talking. Don't interrupt. It was some verbiage that, verbiage that said, like, stop talking. Now, I think if Dave could be doing a show where the producer could have a stop talking sign. Oh, my God. It would be the best show ever. <laughs> Ever because he would go, Oh, okay, that person knows more than me. Stop. Yeah. Interesting theory. <laughs> did I lose you on that one? No, but you just you did not. But I know what you mean. It would it that that's the tall order, man, you know, to kind of to 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 be a co-host slash sidekick slash producer, I think. As we know when we had, and now I'm spacing on his name, Scott from um uh, we talked about, we had an episode last year, last summer, I believe. Yeah. And excuse me, if for not, I'll have to go back and look. I don't have, a, I don't have the memory anymore. But we did that great episode that was really about Dave's, Dave's t time doing the radio show. Oh, yes. And I, oh, you're talking about Gary, the Gary Marino episode? Yes. I don't know yeah. why I had Scott in my head. Sorry, Gary. Scott Marino. Isn't that his stage name? Gary Scott Marino? Possibly. Anyway, it my, is my apologies, and I still have that Van Halen CD you made me, by the way, and I love it. Thank you. Yeah, we hear from Gary after most of our episodes. Great guy. His stand-up, he's doing nonstop. He does more gigs than just about anyone. And anyway. That's uh, my second faux pas, my second memory faux pas. Of, of, nah, of I, I'll top you with worse stuff. Don't worry. Let us keep going, and I'll start quoting. Well, I was going to tell you – one other thing, and then we'll close out the ladies' night in Buffalo thing. But yeah. your your mission, should you choose to accept it, mm -hmm. if you ever run into Bobby Slayton again, you have text you, right now. Be you here. have to get a quick MP3 of him going, "What's with you and David Lee Roth?" Because that would be a perfect intro for the little audio drop for the podcast. I'd kill for that. I. I'm thinking about this one because he uh, I think that's the name of this episode, by the way. What's with you and David Lee Roth? <laughs> I think. Uh, he. I could take a good natured razzing. Depending on who it is, but sure. he cuts a little too deep. <laughs> so I'm just thinking, am I mentally prepared to like just get 
mocked and made fun of for a while. For the good of the podcast and our audience, Darren. You're seeing behind the scenes here, folks, of the creative, the creative machinations of the DLR cast. Yeah. Well, weird stuff just keeps happening where I'm I'm totally sidebarring right here, but the comedian Christian Finnegan, have you ever seen Oh God, I here's so I listen to Christian Finnegan every I love him. I kind of who he was, but I discovered him, rediscovered him, and really got into him thanks to a podcast I absolutely, absolutely love that he's on virtually every Friday, Stand Up with Pete Dominic. Oh, the, yeah. Great podcast. Be a Patreon. You, know, you can go to the Thursday for $5 a month. You can go on Thursday night hangouts with Pete, which I do, along with about 100 other people, and uh, every Thursday night. And Pete's great, but Christian's hilarious. Well, Christian's and, wife is a diehard DLR fan. What? Yeah. You're kidding me. I know she owns a club. She seems yeah. super she seems super cool. Oh my God. We gotta get Christian and him on. He may and her and her. Jesus God, Steve, what's well, wrong I'm, with you? I'm slowly working on that. What happened was I interviewed Christian a year and a half, two years ago, and then I DM'd him afterwards, going, Hey, you know, thanks a lot. Here's the link, that kind of a thing. And I saw him wearing a cheap trick shirt in a post. What? Yeah. <laughs> you see, <laughs> so only my only my right my next my cheese my favorite band of all time for goodness sakes. So next I never Halen and Kiss heard from him until today, a year and a half, two years later. And went, hey, I can't believe I missed this DM. Um, and then he asked me a question about Roth, and I said, oh, you're a diehard. And he said, oh no, um, maybe my wife. Long story, which I'll tell you off the air. But I go down the list, and you go. Bill Burr is a diehard Roth fan. Yeah, he is. The thing he did with Greg Bissonette. Yeah. Okay, so, so he's a diehard. When I interviewed Dana Gould, he's a fan. I'm a huge Dana Gould fan. I listen to his podcast all the time. I just listened to it the other day. God, I see Dana. I try to see Dana. I've never met him, but I try to see Dana every time he's here in Minneapolis playing Acme. So, so Gould is a Van Halen Roth fan as well. Paulie Shore, I mean, th- that's not one of your favorites, but I love the performance art aspect of it all. Big Dave fan. Big Dave fan. And the list of comics and entertainers that love Dave is astronomical, yet there's never really been this uniting thing, aside from the DLR cast, of course, uh, to connect all the Dave fans. So I'm just finding one by one, you find all these people, and they go, I love Dave, but they've right. nobody to talk about Dave with right that's that's how i describe our show it's the uh the basement collective for dave fans exactly there you go it's not necessarily a topic you're going to (laughs) bring up you know when you're over the age of 45 let's say in 2023 during a cocktail party one i got to give a plug for christian finnegan because his last comedy album show your work from 2021 most recent is hilarious he's he's I love that guy's stuff. And like I said, I kind of rediscovered he's really funny on Peace Podcast and a really smart guy. And I'm so impressed by the fact that his wife, she's a David Lee Roth fan. How cool is that? And also another podcast where you listen to Hal Sparks. He's in a Van Halen. I know. I was just listening to Hal before this on another podcast. I've been trying to get in touch with Hal forever. He's messaged me. He said he'd do it. He's messaged me on Twitter and I said, well, DM me. He's, mess- he's shouted me out on his, I watch every day on the Monday, Wednesday, Friday uh, morning show that he does live in the uh, in the chats there. I, I, I'd love to be on. He still sees you. I'd love to be on, you know, so he's aware of it, but getting in touch with this guy and trying to nail him down is virtually impossible. So Hal, if you're listening, <laughs> we li- actually, we'd like you and one of the cohorts from Nerd Halen on. Nerd Halen's great. Yeah, so it's all these people who love Dave and I just look at continuously, continually over time, and there's not any reach out from Dave who could call in favors with all these people. So it's just every episode that goes by is just another 15 missed opportunities that I think that are going on because pride or whatever reason, it's it's not giving the fans what they want. You know, if Dave was to do an interview, he could do an interview podcast, but you, the discipline is to to do it under an hour. You can't do a two and a half Rogan or Mark Maron sort of marathon conversation. But if you can really keep it short and focused and maybe, a, hey, when was the first time you got into this and where there's a format from 
person to person to person. Comedians would be a great guest for him to do something like that. As long as he then doesn't start explaining the art of Bushido and, you know, Japanese folk dancing and how baseballs are made in Haiti. Right. right. <laughs> sleeping in bushes. And right. Carnival. Living living in the inner city. <laughs> living in the inner city. So, you know, I, I hope Dave continues to to put out art because there's there's been periods where he was quiet, where he wasn't doing the paintings. He wasn't doing the dance videos. He wasn't doing music, wasn't podcasting. There was periods where there was absolutely nothing. I'm glad we're getting something. Right. I can't tell you if the podcast is getting better or worse. I, I honestly don't know. What do you huh? think? It's kind of a status quo right now. So it's what he's doing, I'm kind of expecting. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? Well, yeah. after a couple episodes, I mean, it's it's certainly not like the first at all. The first iteration of the podcast, right. which was video. The second iteration, which iteration was somewhat video, was him sitting in a basically in a palm tree with those bizarre glasses on talking to Tom off camera a lot of time. Yeah. So there's more. It's. I think it's more for it's definitely more for maybe the audio file. There's so much going on in the background and the different voices and all this great, the different languages and all this stuff. I mean, so I don't, it's kind of what it is right now, I guess. I'm, I, I, I don't expect to be surprised. I don't expect to be, it, it just is. So I'm surprised by the music. That's what, that's what really I'm curious. And then I'm also kind of, I'm also what keeps me going is like, Okay, maybe this episode there's going to be some, I don't know, some relatable story, something that's a little bit more current or present. Or I don't know if I necessarily want to hear Van Halen stories anymore that stop in that stop in 1978. But what I, I would kill to hear a story about the Edom and Smile Band for God's sakes. Well, a thing I I don't think I mentioned this on the last episode, but when I was in El Paso, the same trip of of Juarez, because you can just walk across the border, this this gal who is very successful making custom boots, cowboy boots that are Stallone is one of her big clients, lots of celebrities and all that. I noticed she had this old timey machine in her uh, headquarters and it was the devil like it was an image that had the devil and it was the font of a little ain't enough and i pointed to my wife and i would go whoa that's that's that look and she goes yeah that is that so i said to to the lady who makes the boots hey by the way you know that's a that's a dave lee raw thing and i'm working on a book about it. and she goes oh you you know dave and i'm like no nah, it's a book about it. and she goes i used to know dave he used to come to our office a lot so she used to work for the designer, Nicole Miller. I'm placing Incredible. this time in the 90s. So Dave was friends with Nicole Miller and just coming by the office from time to time. So this is not a guy that was ever sitting around much. There is so much to talk about. <laughs> hey, I'll listen to the night that he was hanging out with Trump in the 90s. I want to hear about that. But that's the thing. I mean, there's so much out there. There's so much that he's done and seen and to go so much deeper and crazier and fun. I mean, yeah. Yeah. There's just, there's so, it's, from, uh, talk about crazy from the heat, the movie. We still know almost nothing about that movie. We still are still in the same boat of, we know everything that happened until the end of 1984. <laughs> we know right. A tiny bit of Edom and Smile and Skyscraper. We know almost nothing from 1990 to 1996. Then we know almost nothing from mm, 1997 to 2003. Yeah, it's like time stops, you know? It, it, it's, it's bizarre. I mean, like I said, I would kill to hear something about the Edom and Smile band, which is a great way to finish up our segment here. For the inaugural installment of the David Lee, of the Diamond Dave song Orama, Lays Night in Buffalo, the last question I have for you, my friend. Yes. In another universe, could you hear this? Would it, could it be, would you hear this as a Van Halen song? I would say yes, because there are some curveballs in the Van Halen discography, not just Big Bad Billy, Sweet William. Now, uh, I would say One Foot, what's 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 that song with the sweeping disco groove uh, that's uh, uh 
crap, why can't I remember the name? It's my turn to be the short sighted <laughs> one. Brain cramp. <laughs> yeah, what's the disco beat Van Halen song? Um, what? I'm, I'm going to look right now. It's on fair warning. Just uh, Wikipedia, you should you should work much faster. <laughs> push comes to shove. Oh, right. Yeah, Good something call. like push comes to shove, which is just a very unique groove-based thing. Yeah, Dave Dave could have forced something like that into Van Halen. Well, I've always I've always believed, and I think it's it's proven true. I mean. No knock on anybody else who sung for the band, but Dave really did provide the soul. Provide, you know, he's the one guy that was so influenced by so many different things besides your the the, the classic rock stuff. I mean, Eddie probably listened to more Clapton than anything else. Even at a young age, that same time period, Dave was listening to everything. I mean, I would bet you so many of those cover tunes that they did back in the uh, backyard party days. I mean, ZZ Top stuff, Casey and stuff. That all came from Dave. Supposedly, he had his danceability rating system, and that's what chose whether or not they could play the songs. Exactly. So I think it could theoretically have been a Van Halen song. What do you think? I was back and forth on it. And at first, I was going to say no when I was thinking about it. But I hear you. I hear it. I can... it's it's a very tight song. And what I mean by that is, I mean, I'd love to hear what Alex, no knock on Greg Bissonette, he's so in the pocket on that song. Yeah. But Alex always always has that kind of almost on the edge. It's He just plays with a different sort of power and mentality. I'd be curious when he's trying to, when he's hanging back a bit, there's still a lot going on. Like, listen to Finish What You Started, right? I mean, a laid back kind of cruising, almost a country tune. There's a lot of things going on rhythmically in there. So I'd be curious to what he could bring to it, especially. Yeah, well, uh, we what have we learned about Ladies Night in Buffalo? A uh, unique piece from the catalog. We think Billy Sheehan, being from Buffalo, possibly inspired that choice of city. Uh, Real quick one. Here's my mystery lyric, and maybe I'm completely missing this one. One of the verses go, I was listening to the DJ saying, put the stone behind. I don't know what that means. He said, then the words can blow better, better. I don't mind some stormy weather tonight. No, put the stone behind. Is that something to do with uh, throwing in the shoes? I don't. <laughs> I was tattooed with a phonograph. Needle. I get that. That's a great simile or analogy or something that I know what I, I know what I'm trying to say, but can't say it. I, I don't know. Uh, sometimes I think that he's the greatest lyricist and other times I just think he was looking for a rhyme. And that's he's like, it sounds good. It's the right number of syllables. And he never second guessed it. I've often thought that he has tried to make up some like cool things with vernacular almost almost like a almost like a catchphrase from S- for snl throwing in the shoes what was that um eat him and smile whoever put those words together right you got just got to eat him and smile i, I never i never I've only other place that. i heard anybody say stay frosty was in one of the episodes of justified when um god why am i having a brain cramp of that of a jeez there was a comedian who was a guest star for a while on Justified. Oh, for God's sakes, I'm losing my mind. Slayton, right? No, it wasn't Bobby Slayton. Short guy, ghosted on every. He's a, good Lord, folks, I'm gonna have to edit this out. This part. His wife died. He married somebody else. His wife wrote the was a crime. Of course, God damn it, Steve. Are you getting dementia or what? Now you're talking the third yeah. person, Pat Oswalt. He said, he said, stay frosty to Raylan Givens on one of the episodes of Justified. You know, I mean, I'm not saying he created. Where did that stuff come from? Put the stone. Hey, how are you? Oh, you know, I'm just putting the stone behind. What? <laughs> you know, yeah. What? Hey, you, who said that? <laughs> <laughs> I, I would say the later on in Dave's career, the more nonsensical stuff he would just put in there. 
I don't think there was so much nonsensical stuff on the first three Van Halen ops. I could be wrong, but I think that he, at a certain point, went, I'm just going to be weird. Yeah, we got to collect these things. Hey, what'd you do last night? Eh, not much. Just put the stone behind. What? <laughs> well, uh, I I can't top putting anyone's <laughs> or anything stone behind, but <laughs> I, I think uh, we've learned a lot today. And I'm going to have Did to, we, though? <laughs> we learned I have dementia. <laughs> we, we've learned more about your bachelor party the first time around. We've learned uh, which comedian I don't want to necessarily talk to because he's going to give me a hard time. We, we've learned <laughs> Ramses is in good standing with Dave's camp for now. That if guy's not, the man. He's so you know, creative. I love his stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, with the people in currently or still in Dave's band, Francis Valentino, you could see him on tour this summer with the Matthew Curry band. I'm going to hopefully check out the New York City show and bother him at that one. Cool. And Ryan Wheeler's been on tour a lot lately. If you follow him on social media, he works with Kim Petras and Kuko, who's these huge artists who, if you're over 40, you go, I have no idea who these people are. And then you look, 4 million social media followers, they're on the Grammys, what? Yeah, he's working with big people. Right Al Estrada, nothing. I haven't heard anything about Al in, since since Vegas. Wow. Wow. Hey, before we close up shop, we are another week closer to the publication of your new book, DLR book, How David Lee Ross Changed the World. It's coming out January 2024. You can pre-order it now anywhere you buy books. Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com. Walk into your independent bookstore, say, I need this book coming in January. They'll order it for you, or you can go to bookshop.org. I'm psyched. I'm looking forward Thank to it. You. Thank you. Still no idea what to expect. Still trying to figure out, am I going on tour? Where should I go? What should I do? Or do I just be a hermit here in Long Beach, New York? We are still figuring that out. So I'm open to ideas of what I should be doing to promote the damn thing. So uh, we'll, we, 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 welcome. We got to, we'll, we'll talk offline about that. I got some ideas for you. Thank you. But hey, thank you to Steve for making this episode happen. Uh, he got me to get on the air when I didn't necessarily want to be on the air. So thank you, Steve, for that. And thanks to anyone who made it this far into the episode. Take care, folks. Thank you.